Welcome back to Well Played, a podcast that's all about having conversations with real educators who are passionate about making learning immersive and fun. Today we have Carrie back with us on the show and we're talking about bringing back family game night and its impact on our classrooms. So let's chat about Friday fun nights and first period laughs. Let's introduce ourselves. Carrie? Hi, everybody. I am Carrie Bauckham. I'm the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade special education teacher at South Middle School in Arlington Heights, Illinois. And I'm happy to be back. Uh, I always love it when you're on the show, so thank you. I guess you. I should also add, too, sorry, That's that all right. I am also um, the mother of two daughters, 11 and 10. That's... Since we're talking families. We are talking families. So with that said, I mean, I am Michael Matera, author of Explore Like a Pirate and host of Well Played. Really love talking gamification, but I will say like hobby-wise, absolutely love games. And I have a daughter. She is six years old and loves to play games with her dad. So uh, this is a great topic that's near and dear to my heart and excited to get it underway here with Carrie. So I'm going to start with asking you about your experience in terms of playing games as an adult. Where are you at? Or at least as an adult, like as a mother. Um, I don't, I would say that as an adult, um, I don't remember up until like probably the last two months, I don't remember the last time I like put out a board game. It hasn't been, um, it hasn't been a focus or something that my family does, something that we found joy in playing games with each other. I know my husband loved, loves to play dominoes with his friends, but in terms of, um, sitting down as a family and playing cards together or playing a game together, it hasn't ever been, uh, high on our priority list. And has that changed? It has changed. Um, we were lucky enough to be at ISTE together to teach a workshop with um, a couple of other friends and uh, fellow gamifiers, Tisha Richmond and Adam Bold and Nick um, Davis. And um, when Michael says he loves games, he, he that's a slight understatement. If you ever have a chance to see the inside of his closet, and it's not like a closet, like a small closet. It's like a walk-in you know, closet full of games from ceiling to floor like it's not even a joke so michael doesn't just love game michael travels with games and so at ISTE, i had the opportunity to play several games almost every time we sat down to talk or spend time with each other um it ended up all of us were playing games together and it really showed me something that i realized was missing in my life and um my sister always does games whenever we're over at her house but it hasn't ever been a priority or something that i've really um aside from playing at her house joy but since having the chance to play some of these new games that I'd never heard of that were interactive and fun, um, it's become a high priority in our house and actually something that we all, my family and my husband and my daughters look forward to um, as often as we can. And now when we have guests over, we like, do you like to play card games? And we can't <laughs> wait to play games with people. And so far, every I'm surprised because I wait for people to be like, no, but everybody, I mean, people love games. Like they're like, yeah, we love card games. And so we had guests over this weekend and um, it was, I'll share later once we get into that, but it was just, it was a blast. And I'm really surprised at just how, um, I mean, I should know this by now. I gamify my classroom and my kids love it, but I forget as, an, as even adults how gameplay is so inherent in us. 
it's almost like this inner child that we're always waiting to be awoken. Like yeah. They just, we're just waiting to be like, let me out, you know? <laughs> um, so anyways, that, that's where I'm at now. That's awesome. So breaking down a little bit of what you said, we have one, <laughs> apparently I'm a traveling circus where I bring joy and entertainment wherever I go. Short, short of that, we can also sort of, you touched upon that when you started to play these games, you said a quote here, uh, I realized I was missing something in my life. Uh, was that, was the answer to that just games or was there like a wider point that you were trying to make? Like, is there like a level of enjoyment? Does it unlock something in you? Uh, I think it was, it was, it was about me, but it was also just, it was about my family. Like, you know, if, if any of you guys know me or follow me on, on social media, my daughters and I were pretty creative people and we like to create and do crafts and stuff like that. But having the focus of games allowed me to pull in the whole family. So now it wasn't just my girls and I doing crafts because my husband doesn't like to do crafts. He doesn't draw. He doesn't, there's no pleasure in that. But now the idea of a game that we all like or a, a moment to share that game time together as a family to drop the electronics, to drop everything that we're doing and really come together and enjoy each other's time and our space together. Um, it's been like a wonderful gift for our family. So in that, so that gives me back, you know, just a lot of um, joy for me. Yeah. There's this connection with games. So, uh, that I love these tabletop games, whether they're card games or board games, you know, dominoes doesn't matter, but the fact that you come around and you, you hit it perfectly when you said there's this, we're now sharing the space, right there. You're coming together to do this shared activity and there's just something about it. It's that is inherent in us as human beings. I mean, we have always been communal from, you know, early, early tribes, you know, pre-civilization, right? Like people have come together in tribes and shared a space. And uh, I feel like games really do a wonderful job, specifically tabletop games, not electronic. I'm not, I don't want to pick on electronic games, but there's something about that shared same thing with a meal, right? Like it's that you're coming across on a table, looking each other in the eye, and it just, it awakes something in you. Uh, and it can produce just hilarious moments and these these, these memories. I mean, it, they are memory, mm. memory makers. Uh, so <clears throat> to launch into some memory making, I thought we could talk <laughs> a little bit about breaking down a little bit of your ISTE sort of comment that uh, we had traveled together. And uh, not that we necessarily planned on playing a game at every sort of interaction, and we definitely went out to dinner and had lots of other discussions, but you're right that somewhere within the day, whether it was, you know, in the middle of the day or kind of wrapping up the day at the, in the evening, uh, it did always sort of come mm -hmm. down to playing some sort of game. And I just want to talk through, so for people that weren't there, the people that were sitting around this table are definitely like friends on Twitter and friends I'd like to say in real life and we are, but we don't often get together, right? So here mm -hmm. we have these like people who have never really spent a ton of time in close quarters hanging out. Um, how do you think games really electrified that experience? Well, I mean, you know, whenever you, when you think about social situations like you were talking about, like whether it's, you know, after dinner or, um, during the day, we could have all just sat there and stared at each other, right? 
Um, or we could have gone off and done our own thing, but the time was special to us and we knew that. Um, so I think the games allowed to keep, allowed us to bring us together. Um, it gave us something to do together. It engaged us, but then it also offered opportunities for us to have conversations that didn't maybe, um, weren't around just gamification or just, you know, what we were doing there. It allowed us to share more about ourselves and what, who we were as people. Um, and it just let us come out of our shells a little bit. And I think we got to know each other better too, just by that time spent together doing, um, something fun. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think for me, that's one of the things I love, uh, at ISTE as well. I ran a, with John Spike, we ran a kind of game, open game invitation. We just said it's sort of, you know, we're between these, this chunk of time, we're going to be up upstairs in this sort of open space if anybody wants to come and play a game. And we had, I think in, in total clo close to 30 people show up. Um, and it was really cool. These people, these are people I did not know really at all. And the game is a perfect conduit for that community. And it was like instantaneous community. We all understood the rules and then boom, we're in the middle of a game and we're interacting, we're trading, we're laughing, we're schmoozing, we're conjoling, right? We're doing everything we can to win this game. And here are a bunch of strangers Yep. who I think from an outside perspective, if you were to see us across the room, you would have think we were all old college buddies seeing each other again, you know? And I don't know another thing that can that can do that so quickly where games just, again, it awakes the child within us and where it's all there. I mean, we all have that inner child and when it comes alive, it just produces a bunch of joy. And mm -hmm. I love how games can make that happen. And then in our case, where we, we did know each other, I think it just took our friendship to like another level because you have these like hilarious moments and we could push each other a little bit. And I think here's where we should probably get into <laughs> our favorite game we played. Absolutely, by far. Over the uh, over the time at ISTE, we played a game called Great Del Moody. Uh, it is a card game. You can get it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, and the premise of this game is it's like a social hierarchy game. So somebody is going to be sort of the leader, the great Dalmudi, and then there's going to be his sort of assistant. And then there'll be some merchants in between, depending on how many people you're playing with. And then there'll be like sort of this peon. And then there's the lesser peon, like even lower than the low. <laughs> and uh, card game wise, the peons have to trade their best cards with the Dalmudi and the sort of vice Dalmudi. And they get to give back any cards they don't want. Um, and then it's, it's a really good card game. Even if you took out everything we're about to say, mm -hmm. it's a good ga card game with a lot of strategy of when to play, when to follow, when to not, and you know, when to make your, your attempt. And, and there are no points. You just, you win the round, you then improve in rank. Uh, and you just play as long as you want. Really. There is no like scorekeeping per se, but the genius about it, right. <laughs> is the social interaction. Anybody that's a higher rank can kind of boss somebody around that's a lower rank. Uh, and anybody that's higher than that person could obviously override it. So there are these like alliances forming, you know, you kind of want to joke around and push people around, but at the same time you realize you're not going to always be at the top. So you got to like not pick on everybody. Um, but it just creates these hilarious situations and moments. And uh, for at least our group, I don't, 
think I'll ever forget our ISTE trip. <laughs> and a lot of it revolves around what the, what this game pushed us as adults to do. And some of them were silly little things. I remember Carrie had to uh, ask a, a, uh, our waiter a question every time he came to the table uh, because she wasn't the top. And the Dalmudi, Nick Davis, saddled oh. you with that experience. <laughs> Our waiter stopped coming to our table. But the rest he just of us didn't want to hear questions from me anymore. But the rest of us tried to get him to come. You know, like he'd come and I'd say, Well, can I can I have a glass of water? He'd bring a glass of water. Then I'm like, Can I get order another beer? Right? So like he had to keep coming back to the table and you had to keep asking questions. <laughs> but uh I share that story because it gets us out of our comfort zone too. And I just think about what that can do for our students too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um yeah, I mean, when you were talking back about um, your the game meetup, it, it brings me back to Spark, which is another conference that we had a chance to be together at, and um, you had a, a game meetup there too. And just how, you know, when you think about it, we were, I mean, there were people I kind of knew or acquaintances, but we all sat down at a game, not knowing much about each other, and we were able to take this huge risk and go on this, you know, go into this game, but we had the safety net of the rules and the expectations of what was going to happen in it, but we were all all in on this game that could do ridiculous things like make me ask a, que- a waiter questions all the time. But then it had the power of pulling us in together and just, you know, making it really memorable and just um, and just really just being fun. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And on the note about the Spark meetup that we ran, um, that that was the first sort of game meetup I had ever run. And I was blown away. We like, I was too. We pitched mm-hmm. it at the end of the conference, the, the end of the conference day, like, hey, we're going to be at this location. Anybody want to come? It's a small boutique conference of 200-some people. And I think we were had over 40 people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy to me to have 25% of the, or 20% of the conference come to a game night that they had to go out to this location, pay money at that location. Um, And then I remember even saying like, I bet you a lot of them were here just for social. So I went up and down the table and said, we're about to start a game. You know, we'll we'll split the group. If you want to just talk pedagogy down here, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And I went and asked every single one and everybody said, no, no, I want to, I want to play a game. And that kind of leads me to your point when you invite some friends over for game night, mm-hmm. you know, and you're kind, or not a game night, you just you're just having some friends over, and mm-hmm. you kind of sheepishly almost like say like, "Do you guys like to play games?" Uh-huh. And then, much to our surprise, most people are like, "Yeah, let's do it." Mm-hmm. And what has been like your experience when you have played that game with them? Like, right? So you mentioned that they say yes. I'm going to assume uh-huh. that you then go play it with them. Well, we had friends, we had family over um, on Sunday and we played uh, the great, is it Dumonte? Dul, Dumonte? Del Moody. Del Moody. I, I yeah. say it wrong every time that I have named my own card game. Then. Boom. Um, anyways, we played with them. And so I started off nice and slow, you know, nice. Cause my, actually we made my daughter, uh, Trisha, who's my oldest. She was the great Del Moody because she had won. She was the reigning champion in the house. And my daughters like hang on to that. Like when we play, they're like, when's the next time we're playing, mom? They, they like hang on to their rank. Like they uh, make sure uh, that they. Just for the record, I was the great Del Moody from ISTE. So I'm going to hang I on to. I think Tisha would kind of might, might differ her opinion on that. But a just that's fine. I love Tisha, show. but she's wrong. That's fine. <laughs> 
So anyways, my Trisha is, was the reigning champion. So she started with that. So we broke our guests in nice and slow, but it was, it was just, it was super fun to watch them just, you know, do silly accents or have to say something after they played a card. We had at one point where my youngest had to tell my husband, Every time he play, asked her a question, she had to say, he had to, she had to say, duh. And then his brother was over. And so every time he asked my littlest one a question, she had to tell him, you're a genius. So my, my brother-in-law had it down to a science where he had my littlest one telling him he, she was, he was a genius so frequently. We were like in stitches. We were laughing. So it was just like, it was like one of those moments where they left and like, when are you coming back? Like, it was just, just left this kind of just. You know, it just it just brings this great energy out. It brings great memories. Like, how, why would you not want to re um, relive or rehab this wonderful experience with with people that you love over and over again? And I think games do that. I think that's what it brings to our classroom too. When we play with our students, our students want to come back to our classroom. They want to come back and be with us because we're building these wonderful memories where they were not only reminded that they love learning, but we're giving them this adventure and this engagement that makes them love being with us too. And I think that's why, like, even when you and I talked the last time about the end game, about why my students and I had tears, it, it's because this is what games do. They give us so much happiness, you know? I'm yeah. Get too deep. No, I mean, that's, <laughs> I think that's what I love about this particular topic is, I think, another space that a lot of people sort of forget. Like, they think board games or card games were for kids mm-hmm. or apparently Old for, people. I was going to say, or when you retire and move to Florida. Like, <laughs> um, and... You know, that's just not true. Like, it's in all of us. Like, being an adult doesn't have to be being boring. (laughs) Right. You know, like, I love the passion to which you talked about the shared experience. And the moment that evening's over, your your body's almost like, well, how can I I have that again? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, I, I, you know, I hope those that are listening, you know, really take a chance and go, go buy a $10 card game. Uh, in this case, Great Dalmudi, we'll link it in the notes. Um, if we talk about any other game, we'll link it down there. But, you know, building that tabletop game experience within your family or your friend circle is, I just think, something we should all be trying to do because it's, it's just so fun. And games have changed a lot, so I want to say that. So if your picture of game night means Monopoly... Oh God, I hated that <laughs> game. Never ended. Like you never won. You like you just played and played for hours until it was like time for dinner, and then somebody picked the game up and it was done. So sorry. Yeah, no, that's, that's my sorry. memory of game night was 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 um, Monopoly. Yeah, there's a lot of new games out yes. there that are better designed and more fun, more interactive, more player interaction. There's something for everyone. Uh, so you know, realize. You know, you can do that in your in your home, any sort of game matching your your game players, whether it's your kids or your other adults. Uh, yeah, they're just much more, I think, like when I think about the ones that you've introduced me to and that I like, I think the thing that was missing from Monopoly is they're more social, you know? There's more of that, the give and take of the game rather yeah. than the one the one streak. Like, let me kill, let me destroy you. There is this give and take of... Well, yeah, you're gonna make me say something to the waiter, but then there's this other interaction that's also fun and engaging, and that's how I think how games have changed a lot. Like game make designers are becoming more thoughtful. Yeah, no, the They're game the game design. designer space is huge right now. There's lots of 
prominent game designers coming out with all sorts of games. And again, I think there's something for everyone for both our like at home gaming as well as our classroom gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of on that note wanted to talk about like if any of you are thinking about, you know, trying out what Carrie and I are talking about, uh, while it, it will cost money, I do think it's actually a relatively cheap hobby. I mean, if you go as insane as I have, it can become very expensive very quickly. But my point being, and some of our friends now, we like sort of discuss what games to pick up. So, right, mm-hmm. like, so we're breaking up that cost, right? So if Carrie owns whatever, Great Down Moody, I might not pick it up because I know Carrie's in my game group and she's going to come over and bring that. But then when I come over to her house, I can bring this other game. And even in like a full production board game, runs like 30 to $50, depending on which one you get. But then like, think about that. You go out to the movies, especially you, family of four, you know, mm-hmm. you go out to the movies, that can be over $50. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a one-time experience. Versus you buy a board game, you have that board game now for the next 15 years. Uh, that's a pretty good investment of it fun. Um, so we've been doing that lately with some of my friends. So talking about more adult gaming, uh, and I have learned so much from it and it does impact my classroom. That is actually where I started <laughs> playing games. So while you talk about me having a closet full of games, I want you all to realize I was just at the space that carries in. I mean, it, it was probably nine years ago, maybe 10 years ago. But 10 years ago, I didn't play games as an adult, and I didn't own a single board game. Couldn't tell you anything about them. But then over time, it just became more and more my hobby, and I've gone crazy with it. But the point being is, uh, if you're kind of like, well, these two are gamers. They gamify. They Now they play games. Of course, that's them. It It can be any of us. Wouldn't you agree? Agreed. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, don't think that there's only one type of person that can gamify their classroom or can can love games. It's um, I think it's just like any hobby. You know, it, you can start it whenever you you want to, and when you find it fulfilling and fun, and um, like when we talk about gamification, like it's the best kind of work there is. I think when you find that niche for yourself, um, it's hard not to be passionate about it and tend to keep doing it. Yeah. So with gaming what do you have any other games you've played lately that you enjoy um you said great Tom moody that's a top that's like a top ranker in the house um also because my daughters love to make my husband and i have to say things and do things um which i also um am curious to see how that'll play out in life (laughs) now i have these two devious little girls (laughs) that you know when you say be the boss it's a relative term um anyways we also, um, I always had my eye on it, but I was nervous about doing it because I thought it would be too complex, but we bought Exploding Kittens, and that one is super fun, and the girls were a little frustrated at first, but once we played it and we got to know the game and the ins and outs, um, that was super fun. I would say for playing it with younger kids, I probably wouldn't go lower than nine. I'd probably start like one-on-one, like two players, because we haven't really ventured into like a big group of players, so I can only imagine how crazy that game would get with that. Um, but as a teacher who diets games, that game is fun to play because the cards are like, first of all, they're like ridiculously hysterical. They're total Um, middle school. 
oh, totally middle school. It makes me want to design my own game, but it's also it's also raunchy and just raunchy in the most clean way. Well, medium. It's middle school, but um, but it also <laughs> it brings in a lot of game elements that, as a game designer, I'm like, ooh, how could I use that in my game? But anyways, our our other love is um, exploding kittens. Actually, we're going camping next week, and we my daughters and I giggle because we're excited. We're going camping with my dad. And so we're excited to show him how to play Exploding Kittens. So here's like this, you know, 80-year-old guy who's going camping with us. And we can't wait to, you know, show him the guy whose hair grows out on his back and you can like forward play or whatever. But that's going to be pretty funny when we <laughs> when we introduce that to my dad. That's awesome that your girls are excited about, you know, sharing a game. And again, I think that speaks to what we've talked about. They're excited about sharing that experience. They want that same magic that they've had with your friends who've come over. They want that with their grandpa. Oh, and you would be proud too, Michael, and that um, I forgot about this. My daughter had her friend over and they, my daughter was like, do you like to play card games? And her friend's like, I love card games. And here <laughs> they are in the middle of like what we call play days, right? So she's 11. And I left them at the kitchen table. They're playing exploding kittens with each other. It was hysterical, but it was also just fun to, you know, I, for, I just, I guess I just never knew before this before this time that the how mu- how much people really want to play. Like you think play dates, like you need to organize stuff and you need to craft and stuff like that. But sometimes we forget that people just really like to play games too. Yeah, no, it's a great pastime, and mm-hmm. uh, I also think on a kind of an educational level, just breaking down what you said too, that your daughter then now has to be the one right that communicates how to play, yep. walk her through it. Uh, and be a good host, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And I have seen my daughter, who's six, mind you, do that same thing. Like she, she actually takes pride in sort of telling people the rules. Like when we all sit down, she's like, "Dad, can I explain?" And some games are a little too complicated for her to do that. Other games mm-hmm. are right, right there. She can totally walk anybody through it. But the the cool thing is the nuance that she has to actually in the first round of play or the first game, if, if it's a short game, she kind of won't even be angling at winning. She'll be like trying to coach you a little bit through your play, you know, to mm-hmm. walk you through how to do it. And I mean, never having explained that to a six-year-old, but just see a six-year-old realize that you need to understand the game and feel comfortable for you to have fun. Mm-hmm. She's not letting you win. She's just walking you through some of the choices and why she's doing what she's doing, which means you know what she has and you probably can outperform her then. Um, but she kind of does that naturally. And then the next game, it's like game on. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to destroy you. Uh-huh. But, <clears throat> you know, that a six-year-old does that, like the thinking that goes through that to, to teach somebody the empathy that is is right there is amazing and to hear that your daughter and you know uh a playdate friend choose to sit down and like tackle think about this too when you play a board game or a card game the computer's not doing the work for you Mm-mm. so like there is a there is an upkeep that we have to manage as players and they're choosing that over the digital over mm-hmm. something else you know uh, and that's, that always blows my mind when I see students or my own child, like gravitate towards old school board games, uh, because those are harder. I mean, mm-hmm. they are harder to play. They're harder to do. They're harder to manage. 
in most cases, most people don't play them, so you have to then explain and teach, right? Like, that's a lot harder than just load up the video game, and if you're mm -hmm. bad at it, we'll just hit reset, and everything will be right. reset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a pro it's it actually it blew me away when her friend was like, "Yeah, I love card games." I thought I thought for sure she'd be like, um, "No, that's weird." Um, just like I thought my in laws would be like, "No, we're not playing card games with you." But I just it just surprises me, like you just said, how um, how, how much people really do like to play games, and I think it's a worthwhile um, venture and it's a worthwhile investment in your family too to just find a game that your family loves. Um, we started off with dominoes because my husband loves dominoes. Um, don't ever play dominoes with my husband. He counts them and he's really, really good at it. Um, but my daughter, Trisha did beat him. I was like, Whoa. Um, but my no. other, me and my other daughter, we had no chance. Um, but it was, it was, it was worth taking that moment to try to find a way to connect with each other, um, and be in the same space together because now we're able to go on to new games and try new things together. But it just, it blocks out time for us to be a family together in a single space that just it's just and it creates opportunities for lots of fun and good memories yeah it's wholesome yeah it is very uh your mention of dominoes makes reminds yes. me of that i loved doing uh content dominoes so oh. i make these little cards where i write two things you know one on each side and all stuff from our current unit and then give them to a group and their challenge is to play dominoes. And they have to like then have a connector piece that they sort of write a little, it's just a strip of paper where they can write why these two can fit together. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause they're not, they're not like matching ones to ones. They're matching like a leader to an event. And okay. They have to show me that like these two can go together. They are both ones per se. Right. Be and they kind of write that, but there's a good example of your own gameplay can also translate into things in your classroom more game mechanic wise, right? So yes. I, I took the game of dominoes and made it a class activity and the kids loved it. Um, I love, there's a blank space on one of them mm -hmm. and it's really fun to see how the kids use the blank space in content dominoes. Um, all right, but you know what time it is, Carrie, and we're going to try something a little different today uh, for reflection time. I want to just reflect over We've talked a lot about games. You talked about two, three, if you count dominoes, games. Mm -hmm. um, where can some of the listeners pick up games? Where's a good place that we kind of know everyone could get to? Well, I know um, for me, our friend Nick Davis, and now me, um, likes to go to the Target game aisle. And they really do have some really serious, like, top-notch games for just a regular, you know, a, a town store, which says that's like a totally underplaying target. But anyways, their game aisle is, has a, a nice wide range. It's not just like checkers and chess. They have a great range of games it's where I picked up exploding kittens from. Um, so, you know, my future goals, and nobody can tell my husband this is like when I go grocery shopping at target, we just might add, you know, a trip to the game aisle every once in a while. And oh, this gets part of the grocery bill. That's good. I like it. Um, <laughs> I like it. But Target's Target's Isle is good too. It's a really good place to that's start. That's like that reminds me of all those like escape prison movies. Like you're gonna put the game at the bottom of the like grocery bag and it'll just get like smuggled into the house. Exactly. I love it. You're you're a game mule. I am. That is fantastic. Where'd this one come from? I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't remember. Who can keep track? Right, exactly. <laughs> um so 
Uh, Target is a really good suggestion. They have some really good games there. Uh, Ticket to Ride is at Target. Yep, that's, that's on my one. list. Mm-hmm. Machikuro is a really good one. And the Machikuro that they have is specific to Target. It's a Target exclusive. Uh, and I actually like that version of Machikuro better than the original. Mm-hmm. So if people are looking at a good card game to pick up, that one's a really good one. There's a good uh, card games for little ones there too. Younger kids yep. to get them started. Some of the building games you know beyond uno and old maid there's other ones there yeah for little ones so where i pick up a lot of my games in my very larger collection uh, i would check out amazon has a ton Mm -hmm. and they're usually pretty good priced but my favorite gamer store if you're willing to you know create an account at some weird website you've never seen before but i promise i've never had a problem here is called coolstuffincorporated.com. And they, I mean, these are like gamer games they sell, but they also sell any game you want, really. But they're really good price and great people uh, and a great website. So there's another resource for you if you're thinking about picking up a game or two. Uh, as always, we would love to hear where you guys pick up a game. You know, as listeners, if you want to share out on Twitter or leave a comment about your favorite games you've been playing lately, uh, your own family game night experience, we would love to hear it. Uh, just tag it with hashtag well played, uh, well played you. And, you know, I'd love to have that discussion and Carrie and I will watch that and yes. see, uh, see what games you've been playing and have that discussion and Carrie thanks again for letting us play along with your family and your experience you're welcome it was super fun Uh, and everybody else as always stay connected and share your ideas with us at explorelikeapirate.com hashtag wellplayedu or hashtag xplap enjoy your week and play on